Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the student of the game. I am Kyle Nash, the student of the game. And hey, listen, if you're here, chances are you like talking sport and we are super glad you chose to do it with us. Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you, it is nice to do an actual live show for the first time in a long time. Done a lot of recorded stuff, had a lot of pre-canned action, you know, very various things coming up. The NIT, UCF advancing. Uh, uh, after beating Florida, Florida, which they played on a Wednesday night, um, and then getting lambasted by Oregon the same way that they did to Irvine, California, uh, and moving on as a top seed, in, or a top seed, I should say, in the NIT and doing all that. But yes, by the way, UCF fans, facts of the case, Taylor Hendricks is officially announced. He's headed to the NBA draft and all that action as well. And don't worry, they'll be talking plenty about it on the black and gold banneret they are currently recording. Um, and that show will certainly drop tomorrow along with this one here, the student of the game, um, because reasons, scheduling conflicts and not. But enough about that. We're here doing a live show. It's going to be a great time. I'm stoked to be here to do it with you. Got the madman Mark Mancini jumping on a little bit later to talk about the events of the day, everything going on in the football realm and basketball realms and this, that and sports, sports. That'll be a whole thing, so that'll be fun. And then, of course, my good friend Travis Holmes will be jumping in 9-15 once again. Talk all things NFL and Jags. Of course, when we talk with Travis, everything's got a little bit of a Jacksonville Jaguar spin as he is the special contributor for A7BN and the Student of the Game podcast with the Jacksonville Jaguars doing all that. And, hey, listen, that's going to be a fun conversation. Dearness Johnson getting signed uh, uh, as, mo- as many uh, other things are going on there as well, and it's free agency. And by the way, he is involved with the student of the game real mock draft. That's R E E L real. That'll be coming out soon. So look out for that. We'll be picking uh, 32. Well, not Miami. Sorry, you forfeited your pick, yeah, goofballs. But uh, yeah, we'll be picking the other picks. Um, for the first round, so look about, out for that soon. I've asked for the creators to start submitting their picks and videos on Wednesday, and that should be fun. Look for that in the first week of April, hopefully by April 3rd here, assume, assuming everything goes according to plan. Wanted to give a little time for free agency to marinate, and oh boy, marinate it did. I'm sure we'll be talking plenty of that as we go on here, but let's go ahead and get into this. Now, normally, I know we, we focus on football. But I wanted to wait a little bit on a little bit of an NBA topic here, especially one that kind of crosses over in that classic NBA air quotes era, 90s era, blah, blah, you know, that 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 I know and love that I grew up with. And and that surrounds this. And I forget exactly who the player it was, but there's there's a presence. I think it was a conversation between uh Carl Malone, and I'm going to say Gary Payton, and they were talking about, or maybe even might have been Isaiah Thomas, those guys. They were talking about battling Jordan in the day. And they're trying to compare what they were dealing with with Jordan during that time and and stuff that you see with LeBron and analysts got involved in all this. And the statement basically long and the short, no matter who was talking about it, what's going on in the social medias and out there in the sports world because it's a slower sports part of the year. I don't care how you feel about March Madness. There was a bunch of upsets, whatever. Um, 
So <laughs> with that, I think you see how I feel about college basketball on the whole. Uh, without all being said, um, the statement was basically made that Michael Jordan, when players went up against him, they were always intimidated by him. And while they respect LeBron nowadays, they're not intimidated by one LeBron James. I should learn his middle name. And you know what? When I hear that, my response is very simple. Duh. I mean, of course people are more intimidated by Michael Jeffrey Jordan than they are LeBron James. I don't understand where the controversy is. Now, is that a slight to LeBron James? Some people may interpret it that way. I don't. But let's be clear about something. LeBron James was never meant to be necessarily intimidating per se. I would ask very seriously, other than maybe who exactly? Draymond Green? Maybe Draymond. Maybe if you be out there, you know, he battled with Adams a bit there. You know, is that, is that a guy I worry about? Who exactly is intimidating in the NBA nowadays that would be just as off-putting and scary, for lack of a better word, in the Jordan era? Who could we take out of this era now of basketball and put into the Jordan era that would be dubbed intimidating? I know people in this era that play center, a position, by the way, where you're supposed to be pretty darn scary, that would be intimidated by Alonzo Mourning. Forget Hakeem Olajuwon. Forget Dikembe Mutombo. Forget Shaquille O'Neal. Forget, and what, Patrick Ewing even, a guy who was known as the finesse center at the time, would beat the hell out of some of these guys that are alleged big men here. No offense to Joel Embiid. I think he's the guy that might be closest to somebody who could at least hang in the 90s, but I wouldn't call him intimidating, right? But see, that's the thing. As I express that, it's going to sound like an indictment. And listen, I'll admit, rightly so, if you think I'm biased towards that era of basketball, I absolutely am. I, I, I enjoy watching it way more than I do basketball nowadays. That's why I had so much fun watching UC, the UCF women play basketball. They played intimidating physical basketball and knocked more people over playing women's basketball than the NBA does now. I said it! The punchline's this. Of course LeBron James isn't more intimidating than Michael Jordan. It was a different era of basketball, period, point blank, end of story. And I don't mean it even in the Chris Broussard kind of way of, well, LeBron plays a different position. He's more a large point guard, a point forward, if you will. Yes, I totally coined that on my own. That's not a pre-existing phrase that happened earlier in his career by any stretch of the imagination, hashtag sarcasm, right? As one who is supposed to be a facilitator of the basketball as a main element of his game, intimidation, not really a thing. This isn't to say point guards can't be intimidating. Listen, I, I've heard the stories of, of Chris Ball being hard on teammates. That's not the kind of intimidating we're talking about, by the way. I mean, intimidating opponents, not yelling your own guys into submission. This would also take Tom Brady out if he were a basketball player, but I digress. Wow, taking shots of Tom Brady with basketball. That's a new one here. I'll, I'll take a sip to that. Excuse me. Anyways. No. um, This isn't any of that. Like, again, other than maybe Draymond Green. Listen, I'll, I'll give you Draymond. Do a little bit unchained. In a good way, by the way. Love his podcast, too, by the way. Side note. Um, But... 
that era of basketball was meant to do battle. Every everything in that era of basketball was pugnacious. And I'm not even going to bring up the Pistons who were technically earlier than that. I'm not trying to take it that far back. That's ridiculous. Like that era of basketball, you know what they did to go after Shaquille O'Neal? The term was hack-a-shack. They would soon do, send dudes after him just to hit that man. A man, all of whom were, they, Shaq was bigger than all these guys who played for the championship bulls when they did battle. Now, granted, the Magic did beat them one time, <laughs> but that's a whole other question. When, when, um, when you would send somebody after Shaquille O'Neal, it wouldn't be a somebody. It would be Luke Longley, Bill Willington, and a number of other guys who weren't as big as Shaq and go out with the purpose of physically Im impeding him and forcing him to the free line, free throw line. We don't care if you foul out. You're Luke bleeping Longley. You're Bill bleeping Wellington. You're Will bleeping Purdue. We're not expecting you to put up double doubles. That's Michael Scotty and Horace. Yeah, I'm not going to say Rodman because he's not putting up double doubles. Ha! Or Horace's job, depending on your era of basketball. Yeah, and I know all the names don't line up. I didn't mention Bill Cartwright. Listen, shut up, basketball people. This is a general point, not a technical one. Okay? That's how they did. They went and they hit you like that. Nowadays, people can't even handle a hand check, for Christ's sake. And we're supposed to act like MJ being more intimidating than LeBron is shocking? Duh! And again... The point that Broussard made is that he was more of a point guard, more of a facilitator of a basketball than one who is meant to be the cutthroat killer, air quotes, hitting the clutch shot, which Braun could absolutely do on occasion and did. Just ask the Celtics in Game 5 of a particular series against the Heatles, if you don't remember. But I think another aspect is this, and then it's one I kind of leaned in with. The era of basketball, the style of player and personality that Braun was versus LeBron James is just not the same, right? LeBron James came from an era. No, well, let me, you know what? Let me do it chronologically. Think about Michael Jeffrey Jordan and, and the situation he came up in in the uh, NBA. I almost said NFL. NBA, right? Somebody. It's like has to understand when you're looking at that era of basketball, we're talking about dudes that legit hated each other and only became friends when they found a way to unite themselves against a common enemy. And yes, that is a dream team reference, by the way. <laughs> These guys didn't get friendly with each other in some cases until they played together on the dream team, specifically Magic and Bird, right? They might have respected one another, but not come game time and, and during the season and all that, they hated one each other. Like, if you, listen, any NBA fan has seen The Last Dance, especially if you're from that era of basketball where Jordan played. You've seen The Last Dance. You've seen the way these cats curse each other out. Congratulations, man. Bleep you. Right? Like, <laughs> it's a different era. These weren't a bunch of guys that grew up together playing AAU basketball and then eventually were recruiting one another to form a super team. That wasn't life yet. Michael Jordan's more intimidating than LeBron. No bleep, Sherlock. Yeah, I went no bleep on you. Look at that. I'm serious about this. It's basketball. I'm heated about basketball. Deal with it. But see, there's another thing about it, too, and the joke I've made, and 
I want to explore it more at some point when I do get an opportunity to talk a bit more basketball. If any basketball people would actually have time to come on my show and not, you know, end up on IR with, you know, and not even perform their unoriginally named podcast hashtag and ones used already. Shouts to my guy, EJ Christian. Hope you're recovering from your back, whatever it was. No one should be shocked by this statement. I don't know what's compelling about that. But here's the other thing, and this is that statement I was talking about. LeBron James, as a player, has already proven that he's a better GM than Michael Jeffrey Jordan ever was, right? Think about that. Walk through that. Who built Michael Jeffrey Jordan's super team? Jerry Krause. Everybody knows that. We've all heard Michael Jordan's agent say Jerry Krause did not get enough credit for that team, but he wasn't going to get as much as he thought he deserved. <laughs> that's the statement that's out there. I forget the cat's name, but it was Michael Jordan's agent. He said it on Colin Cowherd's show. I witnessed it personally. These guys weren't designed to end up working together, and then the dream team happened, and it changed everything. Right, LeBron James was a GM in a lot of places he went to. I mean, think about it. Why did he ever end up leading Cleveland after single-handedly, basically? Yeah, that's right. I mean, am I supposed to be uh, uh, impressed by Zildrunas Zilgowskis? No, thank you. Hell, I, I mean, I remember the dude's name, but my tongue couldn't remember how to make the motion to say it, is my point. Larry Hughes is not a number two, all right? Even Allen Iverson will tell you that Eric Snow is a better option than that. There's some drops for you, by the way. Bing! Oh, I don't know why I, I put a bing on that. It just seemed appropriate. But, right? How, uh, in what planet, on what distant day, that do you expect intimidating when Steph Curry is a major player in the league? And I'm not dissing Steph Curry for, for, for clarity. All right. It's not, I'm, I'm not saying Steph Curry's bad. I'm just saying it's really easy to take him out of the game simply by, for lacking a better word, hitting him, <laughs> getting physical. The dude gets hurt. Like another warrior who gets hit, hurt a lot. No, not Clay Thompson. I should say former warrior Kevin Durant plays two games in Phoenix. Boom, count. Not really a thing that happened as much back in that day unless you're counting Grand Hill. And, well, he's more of a tragedy than he is a star player. It's a different era of basketball. Basically, any star who played in the Jordan era is going to be more intimidating, right? If you want to count Kobe as the next most intimidating LeBron James cohort, cool. But for my money, he's a dude that played in Jordan's era as well. Granted, he was a pup, but Jordan and Kobe played each other. And that was a hell of a battle. But Kobe was that dude like that. Kobe was not a facilitator. There's a reason he needed help found for him before he got his championships. There's a reason that Jordan needed help found for him before they got the championships. And by the way, side note, Jordan pretty difficult to play with. Dude, punch teammates for Christ's sake, okay? It's a thing that happened. We've all watched The Last Dance, I thought. If not, it's required viewing. Oh, wait, now I'm talking about hilarity by default. Bing! There's a drop for you. 
gonna call up Demos. Where the hell's the next that that episode he said was gonna come out? Anyways, Braun had to be more magnanimous than Jordan ever was in order for him to find that success. Because he did not start his career next to Pat Riley in Miami. He was in Cleveland. And if he just played the good soldier in Cleveland and didn't complain and leave and build a super team, you know what the potential would have been? We've seen this game. We've seen this uh, book be written. He might be Dominique Wilkins. I said it. A good player on a struggling franchise. Just my guy, Danny Thompson. And we all see what Trey Young's dealing with, right? We're seeing what that novel looks like if LeBron James stays in Cleveland. He had to be a good G- GM. He had to be more likable. Jordan didn't have any opinions about being magnanimous offline either. We know more about LeBron due to social media, due to his uh, appearance in the public eye and, and how he's a major uh, figure, if you will. What do they say about things you don't know? You fear it. The most human thing about Michael Jeffrey Jordan was a tragedy with his family and his dad dying and maybe his gambling problem. But I could argue the gambling problem even makes it more intimidating. What do we really know about this dude outside of what was on the last dance, obviously? Personally. I mean, of course, Michael Jordan was more intimidating. People poisoned his food, and he still kicked their ass. Shout to Utah Jazz fans. I don't see what the news value is, and all you people are losing your damn minds. Of course, Michael Jeffrey Jordan is more intimidating than LeBron James. Get, get, just settle down. The only thing less surprising than this is that the Baltimore Ravens are in this game of chicken with Lamar Jackson. Lamar Demetrius Jackson and the Ravens were going to be in a fiscal battle over the contract, especially when they were nine digits apart. That part I wasn't ready for. Michael Jeffrey Jordan was always going to be a more intimidating figure than LeBron James. It's just the way those eras and those people in that situation and all of that fits. Now, granted, it's a great topic, but when I heard that, I'm over here thinking, duh, I I don't get the news value. But here we are, and I'm here being the student of the game, having a discussion to try to set people right. That is not news. Those are the facts of the case. But for something that is newsworthy and a guy who will bring you the facts of the case unless he's being brash and bold like he tends to be, perhaps he's being mad. The madman cometh Mark Mancini in the building. I love you, brother. This is the show that's sweeping Wednesdays, baby. I love it, man. And covering the Orlando Magic, I couldn't help but think of you Saturday afternoon there. And, boy, the second coming of a, 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 a number one pick, Markel Fultz. Oh, Fultz is playing. Yeah, I know yeah. about that. I mean, I don't know what happened in Philadelphia. Maybe it was the cheesesteaks or whatever. I, I don't know. Maybe it was a fast lifestyle up there. But, <laughs> man, oh, man, is he doing wonders with Orlando, man. Listen, break up, break the, up the band. Great. Yeah. You know, um, I told these guys they didn't want to listen. But I told these guys <laughs> that watch out for Japan. Japan could win the WBC thing. And they said, Mancini, you're going to, I said, Hey, listen, I had Italy stuck with the Italians born in the States, 
but Japan plays fundamental baseball. And I'm telling you, man, watch out. They've won, what, three titles now? Listen, first of all, I mean, if anybody's going to play fundamental anything when it comes to sport, unless the Germans are involved, of course the Japanese are. And second, listen, I think Sal from uh, your Thursday show, Liberty Bell Smack, might have gotten your head a little bit. The Paisan might have might have forced your hand with that Italy pick a little bit. <laughs> I mean, the dude does have an Italian-themed Phillies hat, for goodness sake. I, I And that's not a knock on Sal. That's a beautiful hat. But I think you might you, he might have he might have guided your inside a little bit. But well, not only that, they made it to the second round. You know, Mike Piazza led them. I mean, they got beat by Japan nine to three, but then everybody else got beat by Japan along the way. Mexico <laughs> felt the wrath, you know, and uh, here came the United States. And uh, you know, when they come in and beat you in your own backyard, and you know, there's not much you can do. I think the states will try to, you know, load up with more pitching on the next go round. But you know, for for an instant, for for an instant there, I mean, uh, baseball was on the forefront with March Madness. And let me tell you, I still got a couple teams hanging in this mix here. That's listen for uh for all the bag bag it bracket busting that's taken place, like FDU, FAU. Who are these? You what? Who are you? Yeah. So, I mean, the fact you got anybody involved puts you ahead of a large portion of the population. UCLA and San Diego State, I got. You know, I'm not a big California guy, but I got those two teams. A partial of the state covered them for years down there. And UCLA been covering a lot of their games. So, you know, they've, they've got me in the mix here. Listen, if you're going to talk about a team called the Bruins, I'm going to lift my beer and toast you, my guy. I'll tell you, that's going to be one hell of a game tomorrow with Gonzaga. Whoever wins that's going to draw probably Arkansas because I think Arkansas will take care of UConn. Yeah. I mean, this isn't women's basketball. UConn is yeah. not so powerful. Uh, now, Liz, let me take it back to the magic real quick. What do you think of this Paolo Vancaro kid, man? He's, he's pretty legit. Uh, huh? Rookie of the year. I'm calling really? my shot right now. Rookie so, you, so you're on that train too? Okay. Yeah, I'm okay. on that train. We're talking a lot of NBA today. I don't know if you yeah, heard my I'm on that over. train. And, and, you know, I said this the other day to somebody. I said, I'm taking three teams out of the East, which will probably be Philly, Cleveland, or Milwaukee. I love my Bucks. Yeah. If they don't get there, Philly or Cleveland will. And out West, ugh, a little bit of a scare right now. But with the Clippers, with Paul George, we don't know what's going on with him quite yet. They're going to reevaluate him two to three weeks. But uh, I got Golden State and Sacramento. Sacramento, man. I'm still trying to figure out where they came from. Can you give me anything? Good coach, man. Good coach. You learned a lot under, uh, you know, uh, Kerr, former Laker coach. I like him a lot, man. And he's he's got Sacramento to buy into something. We haven't seen Sacramento this good since – Phil Chris Jackson Walker. called them the Cub Scouts. <laughs> yeah, right. Since, uh, yeah. The, the, I that, think somewhere along the line, I got a Sacramento. They, they're called the Sacramento Queens. Oh, boy. Here we go. Yeah. Now listen, listen, listen. I mean, you're talking about, you're talking about a time, a long time ago. Like, Ivan Stiakovich. Right, right. So, that group uh, there. Edelman was the coach. Yeah, I forgot the co- I forgot Edelman was the coach. Yeah. They had uh Jason Williams, I think. They had um, yeah, they had a lot of guys that you're like, oh yeah, he was good. White I mean, chocolate, he was called. Correct. Yes, you know the guy. Yeah, yeah. Um. So no, and hey, listen, if if um, 
I think the cat's name was Samani Walker, hit that hit that three-pointer at halftime in game five against the Lakers after the buzzer and the refs counted. And then they win by one on that miracle shot by Robert Ory because, you know, yeah. Big Shot Bob did his thing. It, Big it, Shot Bob. That halftime shot changed everything to make those uh that to make those those uh, kings well to dethrone those kings if you will. But the Lakers would not have gotten past them were it not for that game five. That's my yeah. Opinion. You know that Sacramento series or something. I also remember, I think it was two thousand when Portland was stocked with guys too with Pippen and oh, Sabonis and all that and sure Rasheed Wallace. They 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 almost had the Lakers and they couldn't quite get the job done. Yeah, she. I'm glad she got something with the with those Pistons under Larry Brown, who, in my opinion, is a better coach than Phil Jackson. But this isn't the show for that. Well, I'm taking Pat Riley over all of them. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I'm not lit. Let me tell you, and, and the Lakers stuff is great. Don't get it twisted. But but the stuff I witnessed personally that made me respect Pat Riley, despite the fact he could cause an oil spill just by swimming in a public water. Yeah, um, that's a hair <laughs> joke. It is what it is. But uh, but when the Heat had Stan Van uh, coaching, and he's like, and they got to the finals the previous year, year, right? And Riley steps in. No, I could do it better. Takes over the coaching himself and wins the damn final. That's the yeah. only way they could have done better is if they won, and he did it. I'm like, but I can't find stones that big in a canyon. That's what well, it, it, I'll tell you one thing. If John Starks could hit his shots in New York, Riley would have won all over the place. It's not that he didn't win. He just didn't lift it above his head. And he had this this Jordan guy. He was pretty good. He had a yeah. battle a lot, you know. Yep. And I remember the New York-Houston uh, championship, and, you know, Starks was just off. I mean, that's that was the killer there. He was always a streaky guy, though. Like, when he was yeah. – I, 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 I – I, I I mean, I didn't hate him as a human. I hated him. I hated those Knicks. They were villains to me. But Starks, yeah. when he hit, like, the fire code was broken everywhere. Oh, yeah, yeah, He was yeah. missing. I could, I could, I would have ice cream just spontaneously form in my living room because he would well, be Well, yeah, and, and not only that, switching gears to the NCAA for a moment. Sure. I mean, the appropriate song for this would probably be Freddie Mercury. Another one bites the dust. <laughs> hey, listen, any queen drops on this show were approved. Yes, <laughs> yes. I see my daughter and, all the and, time. And, Freddie Mercury's the best. Look at all the number one. Or whoever I mean, lived. Yeah, yeah. I was blessed enough to see him in Providence, Rhode Island at the Civic nice. Center before nice. he died. And man, oh man, what a... Now now my wife was telling me about the Bruce Springsteen tour and how his tickets are going through the roof. I've, I've seen him twice. But he doesn't come out here till December. I mean, the fact that he still does it like the way he does it at that <laughs> age. You know you're in trouble when Jamie Lee Curtis comes out publicly and says, how about you do it, man, nay, Bruce? Us old people want to get up and see you. We don't want to see up that late. <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis, is she still in Halloween 15? I No, I think they finally put that to bed, finally. Yeah. Finally. I yeah, mean. Yeah, wow. I mean, listen, even with white hair, she looks good. Not for nothing, yeah. but I digress, man. Yeah, well, you know what? I'm, you know what? I, I can agree to disagree. Get back to that natural. Do a little color job, I think. I, you know, if you do a little color job, then then I think, you know, you might be getting into uh, more or less uh, Demi Moore. <laughs> 
Listen, listen. She's much more of a matriarch than Demi is, man. Demi Moore is, I think, is trying to hide from the public. She's still embarrassed by that whole Ashton Kutcher mistake. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I, don't, I, I look at Ashton Kutcher totally different now when I uh, see, uh, you know, that uh, oh, the, 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 that show he played in. Uh, got a, uh, that 70 what? show? Yeah. No, the other one. Oh, uh, Two and a Half Men. Yep, Two and a Half Men. Yeah. I mean, subbing in for Charlie Sheen's a tall ask. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. No, he can't, you know, he, he, you know that, that podium uh, Charlie Sheen put up there and you know, I don't think Ash can get even with a ladder. Man, listen, I don't know. Man, I do. Anyways, still plenty of movement in NFL free agency. What was yeah, that? look at the Jets, man. They're, they got rid of Elijah Moore, who was a cancer. Mm -hmm. Got a couple of number twos in there. So they got some ammunition to send to Green Bay. I think Green Bay's doing like a Dallas, Minnesota with that Herschel Walker thing years back. <laughs> uh, they're asking for the moon. You know, I, I, this is, you know, to me, and I don't discount what the Packers are doing or what the Jets doing. I mean, listen, you battle when you battle, you get the most you can for a guy. And Aaron Charles Rogers, listen, he's a guy that's, I mean, he's a future Hall of Famer. I don't think there's an argument. But with that in mind, I, I think this is a power play game, right? They're trying to find out, you know, one moment you hear that the Packers don't want a first and then they're demanding a first and the whole thing just became a giant cluster. I, I, I don't think either team wins out of this because at the end of the day, well, if this goes on too long, the Jets don't get get uh, uh, Aaron Charles Rodgers in camp, and it's a whole thing, right? Well, you can call me crazy, but on that moving the chains of Danielle tonight, we were talking about taking four teams from each conference. I didn't have the Super Bowl champ uh, Kansas City Chiefs or the Bengals in this mix. Really? I'm taking four teams that can get there. The Jags were one of them in your backyard. Hmm. The Steelers. And the Bills and the Jets. And on the NFC side, it was hard as hell, man. Yeah. But I went with I went with the Giants, Cowboys, um, Falcons, and Vikings. Oh, buddy. Mark. And, and 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 yeah, people might laugh, but you know what? The Vikings consistent. You know, I'm looking at the consistency with the Vikings, and I like the picks the Falcons did. Okay. So so let's take a step back. And and to your point. The one thing that you're saving grace, my guy, is the draft is still coming. Maybe the Falcons yeah. will finally decide to get it right. I'm betting against that, but we'll get there. The Vikings, you know what? That doesn't bother me. That that division with Aaron Charles Rodgers departing is wide open. If you're betting against Man Campbell, I wouldn't. But if you, <laughs> right. if you are, cool. I, I, I get that. One could make the argument, though I wouldn't, that Kurt Coopins might be the most consistent quarterback in the group, question mark. I mean, Adam Thalen leaving doesn't really exactly makes make me enthusiastic, but they still have Justin Jefferson. There's a chance they won't have Dalvin Cook. Uh, yeah, but well, I think I think the when I look at with with guys like Prescott and Cousins, is they're very consistent. And if you're consistent, I, I you know I saw Cousins with the Skins, and he kept he kept them every year. They were right pretty much in the mix there. I mean, you know, I'm not saying he's a Joe Theismann. I'm not saying he's a Billy Kilmer or Sonny Jurgensen, but he probably would be in the top five of quarterbacks coming out of that Washington era. So, well, that's an interesting concept. So, okay, so as far as the Red Tails, sorry, Commanders, um, if this, okay, listen, you're a Red Tails guy. Sorry, Commanders guy. Yeah. 
top five quarterbacks coming from that franchise? Who's the top five Washington quarterbacks in your mind? Because I know you got to have Doug Williams in there. Well, Doug Williams is in there. Right. Okay. Joe Theismann's in there. Mm-hmm. Billy Kilmer's in there. Sonny Jurgensen would be I, in there. There's four. I, and I'd put, I'd, I'd, I would put uh, Kirk Cousins number five. Ahead of even RG3. Granted, he's a one-year wonder. I get that. But, you know, and, and listen, if it weren't for Shanahan doing what he did and keeping him on the field in that playoff game, we've had this conversation. I think he would have had more fruitful years in right. that division. Now, um, I know everybody's high on the Lions, and they're saying, well, Mancini, where's the Lions in this mix? First of all, they, you know, it's hard to pick up the pieces eight months later and run with that same drive. So we got to see that. They they were clicking on all cylinders when they went into Green Bay the last game of the year and smothered them. Now you're going to try to pick up the pieces to, to do all that all over again. And let's face it, the Lions, to me, when you go back to – and I was never a Stafford guy. Right. And I'll be 62 looking good, thank you. Oh, absolutely. In November, I can't remember the Lions having a, a, a top-rated quarterback in all the years I've been watching football in about six decades. I mean, well, first of all, I'll give you this. And I understand people who aren't high on Stafford. I am a Stafford guy. This is a guy who threw for 5,000 yards and then lost Megatron and threw for 5,000 yards again. So let's give the dude a little credit. That being said, um, the division being as weak as it's about to be, Mark Mancini, is why I give the Vikings a fighting chance. If Thomas Edward Patrick Bieber Brady can lift a team with a losing record to make the playoffs in the NFC South, why can't Madden Campbell put together a game with golf at quarterback. Listen, I scoff at golf as much as anybody does, but I got to tell you much like if Geno Smith weren't a thing, we would be talking about Jared golf as a comeback player of the year candidate. Right. Am I wrong? Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Oh, you know, I, I, but, I, but the thing is with, with cousins still in that division, I I'd have to say, I take cousins any day of the week over Jared Goff, And, and that's fine on a day-by-day basis, but here's the thing. I've seen Jared Goff win a, a, a football game after the hour of 4 p.m. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Number one, he didn't do nothing with the Rams out here. Yeah. You know, he, they kind of they, they kind of got lost with the Super Bowl playbook there against New England. And in his defense, he was like a rookie, a second year. Like he was still super. Right. But now, now look at what the Cowboys have done. And I, I'm not a big Cowboy guy, but they're starting to stockpile on that defense. They're solidified the running attack now. They got rid of Ezekiel Elliott out of there. Right. I like the guy they picked up, Jones, I believe. Um, oh, I forget it. it. I, I just yeah. went right there. I know what you mean. I just the guy forgot. from Tampa. Yes. Right, Joe Jones. That's it. Yeah, yeah. So I like it's, the pick up there. Uh, that defense is it, you pick if they get Wagner over there. Watch out. That's you got uh, Fowler. You got Vanderesh. You got some guys, man, that can hit. I mean, well, listen. Uh, uh, the now you brought in Gilmore from the Colts. Yes. Yeah. That. That. I mean, I get what I'll put it this way. When it comes to the Cowboys defense, I'm not going to question that at all. Like, 
they, they're a defensive team now. Them getting rid of Zeke was a good thing. Here's where I get a little, what's his word, apprehensive, is how, it's Ronald Jones, by the way, not Smith. That's why, yeah, yeah. I, I'm glad I looked it up. I'm like, Smith sounds weird, but it sounded right until I looked it up. Jones, yes. Anyways, um, it's all about how McCarthy applies this team, right? What's the reason he lost last year? It wasn't Zeke, per se. It was not using Pollard enough, right? Yeah. Now, and, and, and Zeke had to be sent. It was a business decision. I, I don't think Zeke is a bad player. He is certainly not worth his contract. I don't think anybody argue that. You know, he's going he's gonna to be fine wherever he goes next, be a contributor, blah, blah, blah. But I think Pollard needs to be a central fo fo focus of that offense and not Dakota Prescott. Right. We've seen that. You know, you don't have the protection that you used to when Dakota Prescott was a rookie to prevent turnovers from happening. And he had more interceptions this year, this past season, than ever before. Granted, the Cowboys had a number of receiver injuries and a number of other things that the stats won't show that made it a little extra difficult right. over and above what was going on with the offensive coordinator there, Kellen Moore, who then the Chargers doubled down and picked up. Right. You know, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't understand that. Oh, it gets worse. Let, let me go down that thread, though, with you real quick, Mark Mancini. Then, then okay, so... So the Chargers picked that dude up thinking that Brandon Staley, the coach, he's the right answer. Right. And Joe Lombardi, the coordinator that they fired to scapegoat to keep that coach, got picked up by, by the Broncos. So now he's working with Sean Payton. Somebody really believes that they have the upper hand on the Chargers front office like that. Either that... The, there is well, no I think I think when it doesn't look stupid here. But well, I think what the Chargers and the Jets looked like before this whole deal is the Jets realized that in order to get better, you got to move out the Cancers, and they moved the, uh, um, their wide receiver out, Elijah Moore, out of there, right? Because he was the guy that you know had a big problem with the offensive coordinator last year. Now with Hackett over there, they go, we're not going to have this BS no more. We'll just ship you to Cleveland. I mean, well, so, if I may, if and I now they got the now they picked up the wide out from Kansas City, that'll that'll help. So they've got the targets in place, right? Um, and I don't think the Jets are done yet. Maybe Ezekiel Elliott comes there, maybe an Eckler comes there. Who knows? But well, the, who this else is does, what I like who about else does Aaron Jets? Charles Rogers want there, right? Is he going right. to ask for people to keep uh? David Bakhtiari. Well, well, I will tell you this. I'm not a New York guy. I'm not a Jets guy. Right. You know, you know that. I always think the East Coast stopped after Pittsburgh. So I don't know where every other city is. It might be in the Atlantic Ocean. But that's if I want to on the Jets, I'd talk to Tuan Staley at the New York Daily News. I got people for that, Mark. It's right. my <laughs> but here, here's the thing with it, uh, Kyle. When when you look at what the Jets are doing. They're 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 they know the window of opportunity is probably two years the most. They're all in. They're not they're like the San Diego Padres in baseball. They're not yeah. playing around. They're signing guys. If it means long term, they'll do that. The Padres are trying to sign Soto now. But then these Mickey Mouse organizations like the Chargers and everybody, well, maybe the offensive court, maybe our head coach needs to go. 
you know, he's blowing a few games. Uh, I'm not going to say no. I, I mean, so I'll say this and, and, and listen, I, I I'm with you. I, I'm, I, 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 especially my good friend, EJ Christian on the huddle up podcast, uh, the, the YouTube channel, which this is live stream. Bing! Um, the, he, he has been on the fire Staley train for some time now. Yeah. And I don't blame him. I don't blame well, it's him. It's kind of like the train I was on with Andrew Friedman. I've been on that for five years. <laughs> Fire Andrew Friedman, then I'll buy stock in your organization. That that is that is that is a that is a that is a message you have said. That I that yeah. is <laughs> well and and that and you know, as as guys that bring these shows each and every week, you and I and, and all the great people you're surrounded with, I think the listener likes if you're consistent. Each and every week, they know what you all are all about rather than jumping all over the place. Sure. I, I mean, be consistent, but with new information, make yeah. adjustments, you know. And, bring, and, I, and not only that, make sure you have the facts that you're bringing to the table to back up them accusations. Like, for example, if Taylor Heineke comes to your city, you could be more confident, unless it's Atlanta, who <laughs> doesn't have a lot else. I don't beyond. know, man. I like, I mean, I like the, the way they're shoring up that, you know, he's got some targets now. He got Smith from New England there. Uh, yeah. You know, I like Pitts. I've always liked Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts is a great player. I, I'm not yeah, saying they don't have great players, but even my friend Danny Thompson, who will be part of the real mock draft for the student of the game that's coming up soon. Oh, man. Like, I can't he, wait till I can't. She was just on the Peacock uh, channel, uh, Kelsey uh, Nelson, man. I she can't was wait. supposed to be on tonight. She's pushed back another week, but we're getting her on here. Yeah. Kelsey, Kelsey Nicole Kelsey Nelson. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm looking forward to that, man. Listen. She's, I, she's like uh, Danielle. They bring they bring the passion, man. That's uh, it. If if she can do, if she can bring the passion like that, I'm already excited. I'm already excited anyway. Like she she's uh the reason why she's not on is because she had to make a trip to Las Vegas to do something. What am I gonna do? No, show up. I feel slighted. No, you do your thing, girl. Damn. Gotta get, I, I was I was blessed enough last Friday to sit down and talk with Lewis Sharp. Oh, the cool. Offensive, yeah, great guy. We got to get him on this thing, man. Great offensive it. lineman. The battles with the, uh, you know, all the beamets of the, the Lawrence Taylors and everything, and talking about you know football in the day, man. It was amazing. I couldn't imagine. I like you. You mentioned that. Like all I know is long. I would, I would, I would try to outsize him. I, he, the one thing I would have going for me if I ever went up against Six Lawrence five. Taylor, if if I went up against Lawrence Taylor, I wouldn't get hurt bad. You know why? Because he would just speed right past me. <laughs> like, I could oh probably take you out. I don't need Dexter Manleys and all that. Right? You're going classic on yeah. that. I love it, Mark Mancini. Unbelievable. Un look, unbelievable. Uh, when, when you look at all the things. I can't wait. wait yeah. Yeah, let me ask you this because I kind of went over it and it's something that's out in, in kind of the ether getting talked about right now. But, <laughs> excuse me, I think it was Carl Malone and, and he was talking about it who said something about playing Michael Jordan that guys were in fear of Michael Jeffrey Jordan. They fear Michael Jordan, but they respect LeBron. Nobody was ever really, air quotes, intimidated by LeBron James. What do you say to that? Blessed enough to interview them both. 
covered a game with Michael Jordan in the heyday, three overtimes at the old sports arena when they beat the Clippers. I mean, let me tell you something. I thought I was going to get down there so early to the game to cover it. I was sitting in my car pulling in the parking lot. I didn't get into the arena till halftime. That's how packed the place was. The Bulls were a big 80. And look what Jordan's done with the, you know, the swoosh thing with Nike, the Air Jordans. I mean, what a mainstay. I think LeBron has done wonders uh, winning in, in, in three different places, Miami, Cleveland, and L.A. Yeah. Um, but I will tell you, the NBA has changed in more ways than one. Um, you know, there's only a handful of guys you can take today, maybe. Durant's not even in my top 50. I don't Kyrie believe- Irving, not, not, no, not even in my top 50. You know, I take David Thompson over uh, Kevin Durant because at least David Thompson or Bernard King would bring it each night and drop in 50. And and don't even put Kevin Durant in the same breath as Pistol Pete Maravich, who I got to see it. You know, I mean, if you went to see the New Orleans Jazz in the day, you knew they were bad at 9 and 73 or whatever. <laughs> but you knew Pete Maravich was going to drop 50 to 55 uh, you know, so that's what you went to see. See, and but, that's with LeBron. He would he would drop fifty and and have to carry a team, but he won championships doing it. Yeah, you know, and, and and Pistol was something. I mean, if you ever have a chance to read that book on him, man, it was amazing. Kid out of LSU. Yeah, no, hey, listen, I've heard plenty about him. My in laws are from uh, Louisiana and Orleans, and and you know, uh, some of them have gone to. To Baton Rouge and LSU. And One of the that. best logos that they should have never changed the New Orleans Jazz with that purple note. Yeah. Well, so as a quick and aside, let me, and let me ask you on that down there. Hmm. When you go to New Orleans, I've never been down there. Yeah. And I'm sure it's the Pelicans kind of stuff there. But when you, if you ever get down there, do you ever see any of the New Orleans Jazz retro stuff? Or that's yeah. kind of. You will see, like in the rafters, they got okay. beat with the jazz logo. Um, that's about it. That's about it. It's not a whole lot of, of jazz stuff there. I, I mean, saw a guy not too long ago that was wearing a beanie, New Orleans jazz, and I go, Wow, damn. You know what? I mean, listen, I don't have a it's funny. We're talking about New Orleans. I got my Abita Brewery shirt on right now, <laughs> <laughs> but um. Listen, I was next- wearing what I was wearing one yesterday. It said Cleveland sucks, feel the Pittsburgh lumber. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't ready for that, Mark Mancini. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Shoot. <laughs> We're off the rails. They got, they got, you know, the, 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 a week before that, a lady was walking down the street with a Cleveland Indians umbrella. And I'm going, wow. I I sh- mean- she should have got a look at my shirt. Listen, listen, the only guardians I pay attention to are in the XFL, which, by the way, leads me to a great segue. Your Roughnecks taking Finally on lost. could be the best offense in the league in those Seattle Sea Dragons. Ben DiNucci, Morgan Ellison doing things, man. That being said, the most Houston Roughnecks thing to do is to lose a football game, but still force a dude to throw three interceptions and a team to commit four turnovers while you lose. Hey, dude, we got to blow this thing up, man. You're blowing it up with the XFL. The USFL's around the corner. I've sat down with Todd Haley before. I can't wait, man. I don't have to put the names in a hat this time around because here come the Pittsburgh Maulers. Yeah. Now, first of all, can we talk about that logo? I love that logo. That's tight. I like yeah. that. 
show all the listeners that one if you got it there. I don't. I don't have it with me, but I'm. I'm there. Let, I'm. Uh, let's put it this way. I have a lot going on. I'm trying to find a way to fit the USFL in right now, Chief. Let me oh, get man, XFL. I love the Philadelphia Stars. Another nice, oh, man, the New Jersey Generals. Hey, the Nolans Breakers or something that yeah. I'm looking at, too, and all that. I, I mean, sure, they, they moved they out got to head but... west and bring in the Oklahoma Outlaws, the San Antonio Gunslingers, the Arizona Rattlers, the Denver Gold, the Oakland Invaders. Oh, you're going old school, man. Damn. Yeah. Okay. LA Express. Hey man, we can. That's what's great about us. We can segue from one to another. We're not like, uh, I don't know much about that sport. (laughs) No, hey, listen, I I love the bouncing around. You're buying my dude. uh, You're buying my dude, um, um, Travis Holmes, a little bit of time before he jumps in the show tonight. But um, yeah, I'm excited, man. Next week I start my third year with the Pittsburgh Pirates and Tarek Brock. Uh, So I'm excited about that. Uh, in WWDB with the vacation, uh, Mary Ann's back, so we'll kick that up. Uh, you know, I believe first first week of uh, April, we're kicking that up, so that's going to be good. And then, um, XM Serious Man tearing it up with those guys with Fred Wallen and Artie Source. No, that's always fun with what you're doing there, man. Um, let, let me. What are you me. doing, baby? What are you doing? You're all over the place yourself. <laughs> no, it's funny. The sweet irony of it all, like opposite this show tonight, the Black and Gold Bannerets actually doing their podcast because <clears throat> the main guy, um, lost his voice. He does PA and, and stuff on the side. Actually, the PA for the Orlando Guardians, alternate PA for the Orlando Magic. And he does PA for UCF football as well. So, you know, his voice wasn't right. Had to put the show off a day. And he says, Wednesday night, I'm like, bro, I got my show. I can't do that. But that being said, throw love to the black and gold banner at either way. We got plenty of people over there that can handle the business. Though, yeah, so that's one place I know him. <laughs> and then I'm not right now, you know. But um, let me ask you this, because I, I, I don't know how closely. I mean, I know you're following your roughnecks there and all that yeah i am so blessed our first hurdle unbelievable yeah wait, wait you said purdle and then you cut out what's up well uh, i said purdle i'm so blessed bringing us together man to do this each and every week oh yeah yeah unbelievable it, yeah it's I, if there's any way we could get you involved in the burrito summit to pick the nfl playoffs yeah, yeah man let me know man i'll bust it's it funny. out I I went I go on a show. You might have heard the name Mark Moses through Chris yeah. Pertle. He, yeah. he does Radio yeah. 1560 AM out of uh, Melbourne. He even's like, what's this? Because he, he's also a rock a rock guy too. He does a rock station as well as sports. So he has that voice perfect for. What are you guys talking about with this burrito summit? I've got to be let part me, of let this. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, Kyle. ESPN's making a lot of uh, uh, layoffs over there. They want to. Tra- Trim the fat with all the big payrolls. They can give us a quarter of what they're paying these guys, and we'll tear up the whole red carpet, man. You and I each and every Wednesday. They want to trim fat. I've lost 40 pounds lately. Boom, let's do that. <laughs> so, yeah, I hear a lot of layoffs at ESPN. I'm going, wow. You Unbelievable, know- man. I mean, how surprising is that, though? Like, with the way things are going and, and all the sport that's out there, it's kind of surprising that they've had that much struggle. I don't get that. 
Well, I think the way what's happening is is people are tuning in more to what we're talking about across mm. the airwaves because it's not just talking heads. We're bringing facts. We bring guests on here and everything. I think that's the way it's going. I think people, you know, are looking for a different avenue. And I'm so proud of you with the YouTube channel and everything. And there's just so many great guys around here. Um, so uh, our, our, uh, there's another guy up there in the Tampa area I do with uh, Peter Blake. You know, got to get in touch with him too, man. He's a great guy. Just let's so many good guys, him. man. All right. Well, hey, yeah. listen, let's keep it growing. Mark, I got my dude in. He's in the virtual green room. I love He's you, brother. I'll be seeing you next Wednesday, throwing 105 in the bullpen when the phone rings. I'll replace that starter that's given up six runs in the first inning. Yeah, yeah, I know. And you'll name it the Dodgers so they don't make it to the World Series. I get it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Say care, hi Mark. to the family, brother. I love you. Copy that, brother. Mark Mancini, the madman, cometh, and now he goeth, and it's always a good time all the way around. Speaking of good times, you know what? Bacon is a good time. And I know a guy that loves bacon even though he's vegan. It's a very confusing thing, but nothing's confusing about the solidness of his sports take. Travis Holmes, what do you think of that intro, baby? Man, that was a beautiful intro. I, I couldn't do it better myself. I appreciate you, man. It's all love. Hey. Listen, with your confidence, you saying you can't do it better yourself, I should quit now. I'm not going to do any better. <laughs> Thank you, I think. <laughs> oh, no, no. Hey, confidence is good. If I said confidence, then you should be insulted. There's a difference, my guy. Fair. All right, man. So what's First going on all, with you? Listen, for, uh, let me get right into it. On Twitter, yes, Darren sir. is Johnson getting picked up. I don't know who it was. I don't care because I don't want to embarrass them. Said that he was the fourth best running back on the roster coming in somebody very astutely my guy travis holmes gently informed him not using words i'm using saying that he needs to be checked by hr because he must be under the influence of a drug to say that but corrected him very gently on twitter and i love yes, yes. so I'm, I'm slowly getting getting softer i think these kids have had a negative impact on my anger issues so we're gonna work on this so, I mean, that's just one of so many pickups and movements that have happened with Jacksonville. I thought it was good to just have you come on and just kind of help me keep. Because, listen, we covered the Jags together. And, yes. and like they, they've been doing – we knew they were going to do a lot. But they did some things I wasn't ready for. Like, for one, did not expect Arden Key to hit the Titans. Maybe he would have left. But in the division, damn, that was that, something. That, that felt personal. Um, it, it feels personal, which is funny because it's supposed to be all business, but you know, you go in conference or, you know, that's is, is something in division. Is he using the Jordan gift? I took that personally. Well, I mean, if whatever you got to do to motivate yourself, so be it, man. You know, many athletes say those things and half the time you don't actually like, you know, they don't actually believe it, but with Tennessee, it feels like they may believe it, like just like it feels like Jacksonville honestly believed it last year. You know, watching the different videos before the games and all the chipper, you know, the the chippiness doing the games, things of that nature. Sometimes when it's in division, it might legitimately be personal. Like we legit, like we legit don't like you. There's and, a little more funk on it, yeah. Yeah, and so you go into that team after knowing fully knowing the history, but again, you were only on a one year deal um, coming to Jacksonville. Uh, maybe 
you know, again, that sounds that sounds purposeful at minimum. There was intent, says Travis. Yes, well, yes. And and uh, that being said, it's not so much that they let Arden Key go, um, but Smoot as well. That well, that that's a different one though. That is a interesting one because everything that I'm reading and everything that I'm seeing and everyone that I'm talking to is all saying. Smooth, the smooth situation is a different thing because it seems like the team wants to bring him back, but he's not willing to take a reduction, you know, an injury, small, you know, discount or you no know, hometown discount in that way. Because again, he was injured late in the year. You have to assume he's not going to come back, you know, full strength come training camp, come to, you know, until the middle of next season. And you wanting, payment do you wanting you know compensation based on what you may eventually do you know in year two year three of that contract well that makes it a little bit difficult for the team so if you're not willing to you know come down on that to make it team friendly in that way then everybody's sort of been a rock you know between a rock and a hard space because you haven't heard of Smoot's name being mentioned in any other team uh conversations either it's kind of I think they're all waiting to see what happens at the draft. And then maybe he's one of those guys you then circle back to take a higher, you know, take a, a, you know, low risk, high reward type of signing. So again, that's fingers crossed that he may still come back to Jacksonville, to Jacksonville, but that partially is in his camp. You know, that's, that's, that's on both sides. And let's go full rotation on this. Cause you and I both, and, and, and listen, Travis, when you straight up tease me ish, I, on this show, I have said it out loud. I'll call it out. But this is one where you and I were a united front. We knew, we knew that there were going to be cap issues, right? And, yeah. and they have to, they have to pad certain ways because Trevor's going to need to get paid. Yeah, we paid quite a bit for this this receiver cord that at one point you called boo boo, but are coming around on. I had to put that in there. I'm sorry. All right, <laughs> it, it, it's not. It's not you know exactly why I called it what I called it and exactly how I said it, it would have to happen. It's kind of how it happened. Like we, we talked about what well, we talked about this earlier in the season. So I, I know you're never going to let it go and I'm here for it. Cause but I wouldn't way, let it go honestly, either. This is edutainment by talking ish on you. We remind the audience that it happened the way that it did. Right. Okay, and the way that I, the way that I said it had to happen is exactly how it happened. So take away from you know what team, Travis, that's all. That's 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 beautiful. He he being Doug Peterson scheme the hell out of the football. What's, like what's the term we use? Pencil he pencil whipped the majority of coaches that they face, especially in the second half of that season. He was scheming guys open, and the advanced that analytics actually backed that up, which I think is curious, especially when you're talking about uh, Christian Kirk and how often he was actually able to, like, the, I guess his separation of targets and his target, uh, his target rate. And I just saw a tweet talking about this a few days ago, and it stinks that I don't remember the exact the exact numbers. But the gist of it was was basically kind of saying if Ridley fills this exact same role, then his targets may not be as large as most people think it would be. But at the same time, if he's as athletic as they say he is, he say- may be able to go outside of the scheme of the offense and just win those you know, win those plays. Let me be clear. And, and I'm not going to brag like we're getting beers together and stuff, but like right. I have a pretty good relationship with Christian Kirk. I interviewed him a lot after games. And, oh, and, you know, So do I. Yeah, 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 yeah. You were there. Exactly. I was there a little bit more, but you were there too. You <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I'm not trying to talk trash. Travis is the facts of the case. But I got you. 
I'm not saying that to bring you down, but as I'm not trying to say anything that puts me at risk is what I'm saying. And, That's and, fair. And, and, and I'm not here to say that Christian Kirk is the same kind of season, Bingo. Uh, same kind of season receiver that Ridley is because he's not correct. Right. So I don't think, I don't think there's an apples to apples there, but Fair. I think that's the point of the stat. If for whatever reason, Calvin Ridley was reduced to just be, and that's going to be awful, but I don't mean it like that. Like speed. I understand. I understand. I'm just hoping he does. If he sees the podcast, Travis, that's fair. I'm paranoid. Damn it. But, <laughs> but if, if he's, if he's less of a um, deep threat, right. where he matches Christian Kirk as what he is, as a deep threat, that's a good, that there would have to be a significant step back in Ridley's game to be that kind of a deep threat versus what Correct. I think the ceiling is on Ridley. You'll agree with that, right? Oh, absolutely. 110%. starts there. That's a pretty damn conservative estimate. Agreed. So that, that's all I'm saying. No, we're, we're, in, we're in full agreement. And again, the whole conversation was only solely based on, hey, if he is this guy, if he needs some time to get ramped up, whatever it may be. And again, all reports are saying that he's running 22 and a half miles an hour and, and working oh. out. He's in shredded and looking like he's in the greatest shape of his life. You know, mm. who knows how that's. My yeah. sources have said he's bouncing off the damn walls. Like right. he's in. So if he's all so if he's all these things, then at the end of the day, you're looking at an offense that are maybe able to even go outside of an you know, above and beyond the X and the X's and O's. But again, that's in addition to Doug Peterson scheming those guys open. So to have that guy who's able to scheme these receivers open like that to give them that kind of a threat is going to be an you know, hopefully that's it's going to be an amazing season. Like even if the record doesn't get better than it was last year, I expect to see a better offensive performance. We'll step to the defense in a minute because I know you have concerns just like I do. Offensively, mm -hmm. your biggest concern, it's got to be in the trenches, doesn't it? My biggest concern, well. <laughs> Say his name. Do it. Say Cam Robinson. Do it. Cam Robinson. He's a bad player. It's just me nor Travis believes he will make it all 17 games. Yes. And he's only a part of that problem though. Um, like I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I would not have a problem if the Jaguars drafted two offensive linemen in this draft. And I mean, and I legit mean it in the top five rounds. Like I, I, two offensive linemen, you mean which spots specifically? I mean, the tackle and the guard. Thank you. Continue. Yes, I mean, I mean someone who can replace Cam Robinson and allow them to get out of that contract next season, and whether that means cutting, you know, Cam at the, as a June first, uh, you know, designation or trading him or you know giving that lineman a, a year to get acclimated and just to be a swing guard, a swing tackle, whatever it may be. That's the, you know, the to Trent Balky and you know Doug to figure out. That's fine, and also a guard to hopefully get them either off of that Brandon Scherf contract, again, post-June 1st, or next year to give that guard a year to kind of be that swing guard and get acclimated. The same exact scenario. We know offensive linemen normally take some time to get, you know, great, a la Jawan Taylor, even, um, and Walker Little, for that matter, who, uh, who, coming off of his injury. Taylor, by the way, who's now out the damn door, if I'm <laughs> right, it figures. That's a, that's been an argument. That's been a point of argument between um, myself and 
pretty much everyone that I'm talking to. Um, but T, but but T, but uh, T, T Wig on Locked On Jaguars has been making the exact same argument. So I, at least I enjoy having someone else who knows ball. If T Wig back you, that's a pretty good. That's a pretty good stance, man. Look. I'm not even sure if he's backing me or if I'm backing him. I heard him the argument, and I started talking to people about it, and people started pushing back on me, and I'm that's, like, oh man, it's not a bad move either. Shoot, yeah, yeah, I yeah. A losing scenario for you, Travis Holmes. That's my point. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but no, we've had a the Jaguars today have had a busy day because again, we were one of the only two NFL teams that had no signings. The Ravens being the other one, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden three you know a flurry of transactions today uh, three different transactions uh signed the edge from uh arizona michael dogbe um two career sacks uh not a, not a pass rusher he's definitely a you know a run stopper solid what 290 pound guy like he's a he's a quality death Corey Peters, you know, type of replacement. Um, many people forgot Corey Peters. It sounds like is retiring uh, this season. He hasn't officially stated it, but he's not re-signed with the team at this point. So that's kind of what that looks like. Um, Henry, I can't even say his last name. Mon- Mondo, Mondo, <laughs> Mondo is French. I'm sorry. He's he maybe maybe he's French Canadian. I don't know. Uh, from the New York Giants. Uh, again, another run stopper. Not a guy that's going to give you a lot of uh, pass rush, uh, you know, production as far as that goes. And then the highlight, I guess, the the main signing of the day, Dearness Johnson from Cleveland. Right. And many people, especially if you play fantasy football, you've heard that name. Hey, um, listen, you know, when, some of us know that name from Orlando Apollo's fame, fool. That's true. I, I, mean, I say that. I also covered him at the Shrine game before, but it's less fun. To, to, yeah, he's USF, right? Correct. Very good, Travis Holmes. I, I, when, I, when I introduce myself at the Shrine Bowl, I say, hey, listen, don't hate us. We're covering UCF, but we want to ask you questions. You had a great game today. <laughs> he was very <laughs> magnanimous about it. Right. Yeah, but he he had, oh, what was it, a three or four game uh, stretch in which he had like 500 yards rushing for Cleveland right. uh, when when uh, Kareem Hunt was injured. Uh, if it wasn't last year, it was the year before last. Which, yeah, to see the field with that backfield and right. still produce like that says a butt tum. But please. Put him as the fourth best best running back on the depth chart behind. <laughs> yeah, there's no way. There's no way he is absolutely, and and I have no question. Like J- Jamaica Hasty is right now. Hasty is a good back. Looks like he's a good back that's going to be, have to make make his chops and special teams, and they are going to fight it out for that second string spot behind Travis Etienne. Like I honestly rank them, the Ernest Johnson to a. You know, Jamichael Hasty 2B and Snoop Connor practice squad slash inactive slash, you know, fighting for a roster spot, even. And I guess uh, depending on special Agnew, teams, Agnew out to the slot. I mean, because damn. Well, <laughs> I mean, Agnew is a special team. Technically, he's labeled as a receiver. That's what, why they always go heavy receiver in either case. Uh, and what is it? Tim Jones as the last guy on the roster, uh, mainly special teams also at receiver. So, if we end up drafting one receiver, that's going to be a, an, an additional battle, you know, that we're looking forward to in training camp. Also, I'm about to say this is what 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 Jag fans should refer to as a good problem to have. Oh, but it would be a great problem. Let me let me transition to this because you mentioned the Baltimore Ravens, and 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 I wanted to broach this topic with you specifically because if there's okay. anybody who won't be accused of being an apologist for a franchise like I will be, it's you. So okay. I wanted to broach the topic a little bit with Lamar Jackson and 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 his contract and all that. Yeah. Like, kind of 
because me again, I get labeled as being an apologist for the league and Roderick Adell and the franchise and all this, even though I'm all for player mobility. If I yeah. really wanted to be a conspiracy theorist, I would say it's due to my hue, but we both know I'm invited to the barbecue. It ain't that. Right. So, <laughs> but my my thing is people are calling collusion and, and all this. The reason why I'm not is, rightly or not, the word guaranteed is getting thrown around with this contract, and no owner, regardless of who the quarterback is, what he looked like, his style of play, any of that is going to be comfortable with the term guaranteed money for the dollar amount that Lamar Demetrius Jackson is commanding. And by the way, if you don't believe I'm pro Lamar Jackson, the reason why I call him Lamar Demetrius Jackson on the show is because he mm. deserves a middle name. I'll let you boy. Travis, where do you stand on it, buddy? He's in a well, precarious, by the way. Well, no, no, he's in a precarious situation. It's, it's, he's he's sort of in between a rock and a hard place right now. Definitely. Because um, the contract that he was offered was not incredible. It was not by any means. Um, and it depends on what he's looking for. And that's the piece that no one objectively knows. Everyone's giving their own opinion based on what they feel he should accept. However, the contract numbers that we have seen, the $133 million for three years that I think no one's arguing that at this point. We are all kind of in agreement that at, at minimum, that was the start of the contract, the guaranteed money, as far as that's concerned. Right. That is a what I hear no one saying is, hey, he didn't like, like, like I'm sorry, like he didn't accept that contract. But no one's saying the fact that, hey, that's actually less than Kyler Murray made in his contract. Like no one's putting that together. And looking at the actual like objective numbers, like if you're talking three years, 133 million, he's a better quarterback than Kyler Murray. I would probably say, I mean, if I'm putting a percentage on it, he's at what 10% better, 20% better, like, <laughs> like, like, and and so just looking at it from that perspective, all right, cool. Maybe he wants that, you know, long-term contract, that five-year, six-year contract, something along those lines. I don't really blame him, but I understand the team's trying to hesitance if you will no well no no everybody's putting it on the teams being nervous about his injury history or nervous about this or that and it sounds more like they're just nervous about their cap uh because they had the three boardable years at the end of the contract so they can kind of manipulate those balloon years later stretch that out stretch that cap hit out etc cetera, etc cetera. and maybe if it gets down to that point they can restructure him later down the line or you know how that goes. I mean, we we see it with pretty much all the contracts, right? So that's always the question. That's kind of how the Saints got into the whole situation with you know, Drew, Drew Brees. Like, we know how this works. Thank you. Uh, so that wouldn't be a collusion situation. It's just, hey, the team's trying to figure out what how they best can manipulate this. And Lamar's trying to figure out how best I can get paid. And sometimes those things just clash. Sorry, it sucks. But I think the thing that's scary about it, though, Travis is that these people are nine digits apart. That's what's intimidating to me. Like, the one thing here, and again, we've established I'm a Lamar Demetrius Jackson guy. <laughs> but they're nine digits apart. Now, give me more details on that when you say nine digits apart. They're $100 million apart in the figures that have been put out earlier. Granted, these numbers are older. They were what were out there. Right, because I throw. I know he kind of he pushed against one of those reports, and I just don't remember which one. Saying yeah. when did I offer what? When did I you know state that I wanted this amount or whatever the amount was? 
And, and I think, but at, at one point it was 140 versus 240 or something like that, right? But, okay. You know, and, and again, if that's been refuted, fine. But when what's out there in the in the public zeitgeist, if you will, right. is a hundred million dollars, people who are either pro franchise or pro player mobility are going to lose their damn minds. Where smarter minds like me and you, as it would see, hmm. see that this is just damn Drew Brees all over again. And in the right. 11th hour, they're going to come to terms and the game of chicken will end. Here's the thing I can't get around, Travis. Hmm. He's his own agent. But that being said, Lamar Demetrius Jackson has dealt with stupid people saying he can't pass the football and he's just a running back for how many years? And mm -hmm. it's relatively stable. Do you think the Ravens are going to do anything to knock him off kilter? This guy knows his value and what he is. Right. So people always talk about the fact that he's his own agent and, and they bring that up because this isn't going well. But they also the same people that were also champion Laramie Tunzel for being his own agent and just signing what I believe was what was it the second highest uh, yeah. contract in the NFL yeah. right now for a tackle. You got extended, right? It's the same. It's the same situation. The only reason you're championing this guy is because it worked, and you're not, and you're knocking this guy because it didn't. But these again, the same people that didn't think he was a smart enough to play quarterback that wanted to play receiver. Let me, uh, let me push back on your statement in one way. Okay, we don't know that it hasn't worked yet. We don't know that it has. It's won. not. Well, we're in a. You know how this. You know how this market is. You know how media is. We have to have something to talk about and chew on right now. So we're in that. That's my. You know, we're, we're talking right now. But like, I I will be clear and honest with you. I don't have full confidence that it will work out. I'm not a hundred percent. I'm 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 close. I'm close to like 55, 60% that it's gonna work out. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I think it's yeah, 60% it's probably gonna work out, you know, for Baltimore. Cause but I don't know how they truly view Lamar in the locker room. Like I hear what they say, but I also it feels like could an offer be made by someone like a Miami that if they really wanted to offer some just insane package to get the quarterback. I can't say they wouldn't, you know, if they really, if they truly, really don't want to pay him the, the funds that he's looking for. Well, now that they've extended Tua, Miami particulars off the table. I, I don't want to get lost in the oh, example. Sorry, I got you. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I see the point you're making. Can you're not prepared to rule out some franchise deciding, yep, Lamar's for us. Like it only takes one. Yeah, exactly. Let let's say New York's like, even though they probably won't, because they're the ones that benefited from you know Le'Veon Bell trying to mm. reach the market and failing but yeah the jets are like you know what packers screw you we don't have to go through all this we can get lamar even though we've gotten Nathaniel Hackett and lazard on our roster well everyone keeps saying reset the market reset the market reset the market but in reality how because again lamar's already stated he never wanted a fully guaranteed contract so if we can assume that as a true statement that has come out lately yes yeah if he can if we can assume that was a true statement and he's not looking for the fully guaranteed contract a la you know deshaun watson and we've seen the insane contract that the pat mahomes got then we now know that there is a what there is a spot in between those two now he's not pat mahomes but no. he is really freaking good Right, like he is obviously in between those. Like, I mean, I think everybody's between Deshaun Watson, how he played last year, but <laughs> but yeah, but you get my general point is there is a deal to be made that I think very many NFL teams would make, especially if you don't have a quarterback. So, and that's the reason I am truly of the belief that, like, no, there's I guarantee, even though all these teams say they're out, I guarantee that there is absolutely a team that would 
bite on that. You know, and that's what makes you better, Travis Holmes, is because you understand what time of the year it is. It's mm-hmm. lying season. Ain't nobody telling Amen. the damn truth until the draft is done. Amen. Okay? Like, oh, we're out. B.S. You win the game. Mm-hmm. No. You, you really, listen, Atlanta, look at me. Come come closer to the camera. Look at me. You're not vested in Tyler, Taylor, Taylor Heineke like that, Tyler Heineke. I don't know who that is. Maybe I need mm-hmm. Heineke so I could say his name right, but you know what I know? He's well, not who you really want to start quarterback for your team. Exactly. Yeah. And we and and until after the draft and at the latest June 1st, nothing else matters. Like we're just talking at the end of the day, right? Because that's and it's the same thing with the Aaron Rodgers situation. It doesn't change Green Bay's cap until June 1st. So until that time, they're playing a game of chicken with New York. Let me tell you what's a little different with the Jets, though, in that scenario. Like, I, I hear you that they're similar. No, from, from, from Green Bay's perspective. I'm sorry. No, that's not the Jets. There you go. Because the Jets have already brought in absolute coaching disaster Nathaniel Hackett to be the offensive coordinator <laughs> and Alan Lazard to be a top receiver. Mm-hmm. Like, listen. Well, top receiver, I mean, you still – they have a better receivers. Because, like, Garrett yeah. Wilson's still good, and, like, yeah. there's another receiver they're going to probably have to ship to make that work. I get that. Yeah. You know, I, I know you know that, but, like, that's that's half the that's half the battle. You're going to try to to shoehorn Lazard in and, and, and bring in a guy who would be pumping gas when I go mm-hmm. up north to visit relatives mm-hmm. into Daniel Hackett. Well, they're not relatives technically. They're not blood. Details. Punch lines this. We already know that Green Bay, no matter how much you claim you have the power, Jets, we already know that they have you by the base of your snardlies, as they say in the Coneheads movie, right? Yeah. So, like, that's what's different here. I think I think the Ravens and Lamar Demetrius Jackson can both go their separate ways. Here's the way, here's mm. the biggest thing that tells me the Ravens are still invested in Lamar Demetrius Jackson is their movement toward um, how you say locking in Huntley as mm-hmm. their backup. Nothing, I mean, nothing tells me they're more vested in Lamar Demetrius Jackson coming back than seeing that that backup in place. Do you agree? I 110% agree. Uh, I had the same. I had this. No, no, I, that is a piece. Why but, can't this happen on Twitter? What the hell? Well, <laughs> that's the thing. That's the thing. But the same argument can be made that they instead simply don't, they know he is a known known Huntley being a known known and they could simply be posturing. You know how everyone does this when, when it's negotiation time, everyone does it. They may sign a third quarterback just for a camp body and blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden everybody's on Twitter is talking about there's, Oh, there's going to be a competition or oh, they're doing this to get rid of Lamar. They're doing this. They're getting ready to it, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden there's a, you, you get a report a week later, there's a signing and they've made negotiate like they've made progress with negotiations and everything's hunky dory and what well, wonderful. I, I cheer for an organization that brought in Sam Darnold and people got excited. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> so this happens all the time and we lose our collective minds thinking, you know, watching it happen in real time. So I'm not going to go to that level. I'll say yes, generally speaking, right, because that would that would lean towards we're keeping some sense of normalcy. We're business as usual. Nothing's changed. Lamar's going to be here. Hunt is going to be the backup, blah, blah, blah. 
but all it takes is for them to sign one guy that has that similar skill set and all of a sudden that's that's an entirely different situation because that's all it takes for a trade to be possible is them to draft and again this doesn't have to be done before the draft is to draft a guy in the first what three rounds uh to either back up or compete with Huntley and all of a sudden they can just all right cool we we all we want is a running quarterback who can run a you know a spread offense how many guys can we find like that in the in college football right like I'm not saying they're going to be Lamar Jackson but I'm saying that's what they need to run their offense and it's a moderately simple offense because it's a vertical offense that's the it, that's the piece that I that that makes me not feel great about it but it, we've talked about this in the past so i'm gonna have to bring it back for your listeners please do <laughs> and david garrard said this in the past said, said this they're long, not riding with the car in the car with us today yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah <laughs> every team that has a black starting quarterback almost his like almost cons- they always have a black backup starting uh, a, a backup quarterback who is also african-american why because they know how some people are in certain areas we'll say it that way um that generally the backup quarterback is one of the most loved figures and on, on a football team and if you have an uh, an anglo-american quarterback who is your backup quarterback <laughs> with a black starting quarterback oh man all that dude has to do is be able to chew gum without cross without you know tripping over his feet and this gonna be quarterback competition if that that, that dude's gonna have to walk on water but if you have a black backup starting uh, backup quarterback a la david garrard and quinn gray no, no one no one's chirping for that backup guy because like uh oh, just whatever like and and it's so weird how that happens because I never mean, thought about it. Did you just mean to put Matt Schaub on blast like that, bro? I'm just saying, like <laughs> these, these. I'm not even the person that even said this. This is a guy who's been in that situation that brought that to my attention, and now I can't unsee it. It's well, like every, <laughs> yeah. And listen, listen. As as somebody who's invited to the barbecue, I will certainly submit that there was a day in time where that was certainly a damn thing. I get you. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know that we're there as much now. I'll, I'll just say it that way, like. Uh, say what you will. I'm not saying it's gone. I'm just saying it's not to the same extent, right? I will agree with you, and I also know why teams do it. Like I, I can see it from both sides because sure. I see, like in the Lamar Jackson situation, you don't want to change the offense to an entirely different offense. You don't want to install two different offenses. You want to keep it consistent. So you need two guys who at least can have the same general attributes or to run the same type of offense. Boom! That normally means you're going to have a guy two guys who are black or one guy who's black and one guy who is invited to the barbecue, we'll say, who probably got some wheels in some way. Is Trevor Lawrence invited to the barbecue? I ain't going to say he invited to the barbecue yet because you got to earn that, brother. But I will absolutely say he has some of the you know, right characteristics and traits to possibly get that honorary invite every so often. How about that? Fair enough. He could be somebody's date or something. I got you. You know, for, yeah, yeah, no. Waffle House. Okay. <laughs> yeah, man. Sunshine. No, he no, he be doing some stuff to me. Like, oh, okay. All right, my dude. I see you. Like Listen. you you at minimum, he might not be invited to the barbecue, but he's gonna get a head nod when I walk by him. Okay. Okay. Hey, listen, Michael Vick agrees with you. That's all I'll say. He had something <laughs> to say when I was there in Phoenix about Trevor Lawrence. So too did Kurt Menefee. So you're yeah. in good you're in good company there, my guy. <laughs> and this was bro this this turned out to be a, a lot of, i knew it was gonna be a good convo it got a lot more fun uh that's all i'll say about that man but 
Listen, Travis, we could go on for another two hours. We got family lives to work, worry about. And my son's yeah. over a stomach bug. I'm tired. Tell the people where you can get proud, bro. Oh, man. So you can find me every week during the season. In the offseason, we're actually on an every other week schedule uh, with the South Florida Tribune uh, inside the pit skin. I'm a contributor on their shows. They have me, again, every week during the season, every well, other week you're on Thursdays. Right Oh, yeah, I've been a regular there for about two months. Oh, that's awesome. I had no idea. They, people did not know you. <laughs> Congratulations. Sir. Okay. Yes, yes. I That's literally every time they're on, I'm on. So that's on. I wonder why he didn't, like, why you were texting me directly. I, but you got the clout. Yo, I'm having Kyle on. He was... <laughs> Hey, Congratulations. I like it. I, I appreciate it. Um, I am well, Jazz Jaguars consulting correspondent with A7BN Sports, Mr. Kyle Nash, student of the game. Um, former UCF cornerback, uh, you know, former SB Nation film review specialist and big cat country. Uh, same play, thing. Did you play with Terrence Plummer? No. Okay. No, I was he's, he's a linebacker. I talked to a lot with the Orlando Guardians, and I didn't know if you guys crossed paths. The timing is it may not be perfect there. I want to I think it was, I think he might have been right after me, like within one to two years that right after me. Yeah, I figured it was close, right? Right? No, I mean, you right. both are, are super fun guys. There's I, so I thought I'd ask anyway. But well, thank you. <laughs> all I know is I was a champion with you on the flag football field, not Terrence Plummer, anyways. Ah, oh, yeah, good times, good times. <laughs> Oh, uh, man, listen, I know. Cool on the SFT front. I like mm -hmm. that. I, I didn't know you were regular tribute. You are. That's great. I, I, I will pay more attention to it than I do. I do. I do happen <laughs> upon what they do. I do like it on occasion. I don't watch it every week because I'm following the Orlando Guardians as closely. Brother, you're a busy man. I don't expect you to watch anything every week. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, I watch my kids every week. That's all I can. <laughs> hey, hey, that's... <laughs> I'd rather you be a great dad than be a great, you know, I don't know, a media member, podcaster, et cetera. Like, come on, man. I love you because you are great in the media, but I love you more because you're a great person. Come on, oh, man. Oh, look at this. You're gonna get me to cry on air and stuff. I better get out of here. Oh yeah, let's get let's get let's get them numbers. I am Kyle Nash is doing the game. You can find me on Twitter at the SOTG. Find me on Instagram as the same, the SOTG. Find my work covering UCF football. I said football because spring practices have begun. I put up some stuff from yeah. Gus Malzon. Josh Salascar and Lokahi Paoli. That's right. I said his name correctly for the first time in a long time, apparently, um, from the offensive line, of course. Um, so they had some stuff to say on the availability Monday. Check that out with the black and gold banneret. And then, of course, my work with the uh, Orlando Guardians through A7 Media Sports and the three-point conversion. That's a good time all the way around. My dude, Controversy Raphael Haynes, Rocking all sorts of stuff, NFL, NBA, and all that stuff. It's a good time all the way around. Um, and then, yeah, we mentioned NC A7BN Sports, where maybe we'll be have some people at the draft. That could be fun. Anyways, Ooh. we have some people at the Combine. So check all that out there, too, on uh, the Student of the Game pay Facebook page, which you'll find as the Student of the Game. Honor, joy, and privilege to be around you. Thank you to Madman Mark Mancini. Bigger thanks to my champion, Travis Holmes, doing the thing. Man, who's a champion now for the South Florida Tribune stuff, man. That's awesome. Mm. Um, and we're going to be, I'm going to be on there with you guys on May 10th. So that should be fun. Uh, yes. Before that, that will drop the student of the game, real mock draft. That's R-E-E-L. You like that real mock? I thought that was funny. Yes. Um, and, and listen, you are definitely one of the guys I'm most looking forward to, not just because I love you like a brother, but because 
I'm very curious what the Jags will actually do. Um, so look for that coming here really soon on the socials that I mentioned. But listen, friends, an honor, joy, and privilege to do a live with you, show with you for the first time in a long time because scheduling conflicts were a thing. But until next time, my friends, class dismissed.